0: Welcome to the Mass Bar Beat, the podcast of the Massachusetts Bar Association. I'm Jason Scali. On May 4th at the Massachusetts Bar Association's annual dinner, the MBA will present its 2017 Access to Justice Awards to seven attorneys and one law firm, recognizing their exemplary legal skills and service to the community. As part of our series highlighting the 2017 Access to Justice Award winners, on this episode, we're featuring Kevin Curtin, winner of the Prosecutor Award. Kevin is a 22-year veteran of the Middlesex District Attorney's Office, where he currently serves as Senior Appellate Counsel and Grand Jury Director. His strong moral compass has guided him beyond the traditional prosecutor's role to take on more global issues of justice through his work with the MBA's Civil Rights and Social Justice Section Council and the American Bar Association. We spoke with Kevin about these efforts, including his work on an ABA resolution last year condemning actions taken by the Turkish government after a failed coup attempt. You were instrumental in this ABA resolution condemning the Turkish government's roundup of thousands of lawyers and judges and journalists. How did that come about and what was your role?
1: Well, it was uh, sort of an, an accidental thing. I, I met some uh, two Turkish judges a few years ago who were studying law here in Boston and became friendly with them. And uh, Later uh, I was able to uh, get involved in some uh, rule of law work uh, with Judge Christine McAvoy and uh, uh, we traveled uh, to Turkey, and uh, there we spent some time uh, with with them and, and with other Turkish judges, prosecutors, and law professors. There's a relationship uh, among the Boston legal community and uh, many members of the international uh, legal community, and I was able to experience a little bit of that. And I certainly was thoroughly impressed by the uh, commitment to justice and integrity of the people who I met there, uh, and l- lawyers just like us, uh, and they, uh, they became friends. And so when I heard what was happening in, in Turkey after the uh, the attempted military coup in, in July uh, of 2016, I was really worried, and everybody was, and then I saw that uh for apparently, for political reasons, uh, the uh, Turkish regime was seeking to change uh, the uh, the balance of, of their government and and uh, uh, locking up judges and lawyers and holding them uh, in incommunicado detention without any charges being brought uh, against them uh, because they may have gone to a certain school or maybe thought to be uh, more independent that their their financial assets were being frozen, that their families were being thrown out of their homes. Then I, I was angry, and these are my friends. And this is the Republic of Turkey in the 21st century, uh, not Russia during the Stalinist purges. It was terrible. Something had to be done, um, uh, but I really didn't know where to turn, so... Uh, and then I thought of, you know, the Bar Association, the uh, the American Bar Association, maybe the voice of the ABA could reach out and, and help. So I talked with my friends here in the Massachusetts Bar Association, in particular Mike Greco and Alice Richmond, and Alice Richmond is our state delegate to the ABA, and she thought there was a chance that if we could get a resolution uh, to the uh, from the Mass Bar Association to the ABA in time for their annual meeting, which was coming up in just a couple of weeks, that would be a resolution that the ABA could consider. And, and so I was able to, uh, to get some help and, uh, and look into the ways in which it appeared that the Republic of Turkey was in violation of uh, certain human rights laws that, uh, that were expressed in treaties to which it and the United States and uh, many other nations were signatories. It was a lot of work in a very uh, unfamiliar area of law. It had to be done in a short period of time. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And it turned out that the Mass Bar Association fortunately already had existing human rights law policy that was sufficiently similar to what we were wanting to focus on in Turkey that it allowed the Mass Bar Association to support this resolution. And this was policy that was developed mostly uh, based on the work that people like Michael Mohn had done on legal issues related to the Guantanamo detainees. And uh, with the help of our legal counsel, Marty Healy, and other key members of the Mass Bar Association leadership, uh, uh, the Mass Bar Association was able to approve this resolution. And then Alice Richmond uh, was able to shepherd me through uh, the key committees and sections of the American Bar Association uh, during the annual meeting. And uh, the ABA, it turned out, many people were concerned about Repercussions possibly if the ABA took a strong position on this because we have human rights workers on the ground in that country and the Turkish government might seek to retaliate. But it was in, in, incredible uh, that uh, the support, and despite you know, the political inconvenience of standing up against a powerful NATO ally who we want to, who we need to help us in our war against ISIS, in the end, it was clear that what was at stake here was uh, were core human rights principles uh, central to the rule of law in any constitutional democracy, like the right to be free from torture, the right to counsel, the right to be informed of charges, uh, the reasons that you're being held, the right to due process, the right to habeas corpus, as well as the uh, you know the structural principle of an independent judiciary. These are big issues. And the turkey resolution that was brought forward by the Mass Bar Association, although it was controversial at first, uh, was in the end adopted by the ABA House of Delegates uh, with hardly a dissenting voice, and it uh, wouldn't have happened without the leadership of the Mass Bar Association being willing to stick their necks out and take a chance. You know, and Finally, uh, um, I have to say, as, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, the, the situation has not improved over there. Uh, Apparently, wholly innocent professionals, lawyers, and judges continue to be jailed. Uh, careers have been destroyed, families separated, uh, people have died in prison, and still nine months later, not one of these judges or prosecutors has been charged with having committed any crime and brought to trial. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done, and I hope that our government uh, is willing to uh, to value our fundamental human rights laws as strongly as our as American lawyers are willing to and uh, take the kind of risks that would be associated with standing up against this type of
0: injustice. More recently, you were involved in getting the NBA to co-sponsor the ABA's resolution urging the executive branch to ensure that any of its executive orders concerning border security, immigration, uh, and terrorism be within the bounds of the laws and treaties and other agreements. How did you get involved in that?
1: That came about as the result of uh, some work that was done in the Mass Bar Association uh, by, a, by uh, Richard Cole and uh, uh, Jeff Patilano. It turned out that on January 26th, at a meeting of the um, Mass Bar Association House of Delegates, we adopted a resolution on immigration issues. This was uh, about six days after the inauguration. And it was drafted by Richard Cole, the chair of my section council, which is the Civil Rights and Social Justice Section Council. And this, uh, the Mass Bar Association Immigration Resolution, supported the right to due process of law and access to counsel for Massachusetts residents who pose no threat to national security or public safety, who, who may have deep family and social ties to our Massachusetts communities, but who are either undocumented or might be at risk for deportation or exclusion from the United States. Uh, and it was a great uh, thing for, for the Mass Bar Association to, to do. And it turned out the very next day, January 27th, I believe, uh, the president issued the executive order that uh, came to be known as the Muslim Travel Ban, uh, an order that uh, singled out uh, foreign-born nationals of the Muslim faith from seven identified countries for treatment in relation to the right to enter or to be readmitted to the United States. And this uh, executive order resulted in the immediate cancellation of thousands of visas and the detention of hundreds of Muslim travelers bound for the United States, including college professors, researchers, students, uh, fathers and mothers of American-born children. And the responses, I'm sure you will remember, uh, was that lawyers rushed to airports, including including the Logan International Airport where immigrants were being detained or where, where uh, persons who being, were being detained. And they drafted lawsuits and motions for temporary restraining orders while sitting uh, cross-legged on the floor in airport terminals. And it was a proud moment for our profession. I really only played a minor role in the, in the ABA resolution. I had worked with members of the ABA section of international law last summer on the Turkey Resolution. And They had supported uh, the Mass Bar Association at that time, and and now the section of international law uh, expressed an interest in having the Mass Bar Association co-sponsor their resolution, uh, which uh, urged the president to withdraw the executive order because it violated principles of due process and religious freedom. So when I brought uh, their interest to the attention of Massachusetts Bar Association President Jeff Catalano, he was very interested, and he uh, uh, approached Marty Healy, our legal counsel who consulted with our leadership, and, and it was determined that the proposed uh, resolution uh, in the ABA was supportable and uh, by the Mass Bar Association because it fit comfortably within the uh, Mass Bar Association policy we had adopted. On January 26th, in Richard Cole's immigration resolution, so this was fortunate, and it allowed us to uh, to get involved, and, and we were able to provide some little uh, drafting assistance to the to the resolution, uh, which we did. And then, because we had provided assistance in the drafting, we were able to co-sponsor the resolution uh, before the ABA House of Delegates on February 6th. So at the end of a Long hard working day. I was allowed to speak on behalf of the Mass Bar Association in support of this resolution to the ABA House of Delegates, with the entire Massachusetts delegation seated in the front row, and I was proud to be an MBA member. Let me tell you, uh, it was uh, it was a great day. The resolution was adopted by a resounding voice vote in the end, and and then three days later, the Ninth, Ninth Circuit upheld the restraining order uh, that enjoined the enforcement of. That first Muslim travel ban was another example of uh, Massachusetts helping to lead the way in support of liberty and freedom of religion and due process of law. Uh, No matter where in the world these core values are being threatened, I was very proud to be part of that delegation that was not about to be bullied into silence.
0: What makes you gravitate to these national and even global issues?
1: I gravitate to these issues, I guess, uh, because they're important. These are the things that we lawyers value. Um, fighting to support these principles uh, uh, is one of the reasons that we went to law school in the first place, and it's it's important to remember that Th- this is our professional duty that we owe to each other and to those who come after us. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate. Uh, uh, to be able to work in the Middlesex District Attorney's Office, where my boss, D.A. Marion Ryan, supports us in doing uh, volunteer work like this in our spare time. She recognizes, as do uh, prosecutors, I think, everywhere, uh, that this type of work is expected of us as professionals. But I think it goes a little bit beyond just being a professional. Reverend Martin Luther King said that uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I guess I agree with that, you know uh, I love to see lawyers who have a passion for justice and are willing to act on it. It just turns me on when i when I see a lawyer fighting for a principle in court, even if it's unpopular. Uh, these are the people that I admire. These are the people um, that I got to know growing up uh, anytime a lawyer stands up for a worthwhile principle, we're all the better for it and I Candidly do have other personal reasons too um I'm getting on in years myself. I see my daughter uh, looking up to me. Uh, both my parents have passed on and and I miss my own father, uh Jack Curtin, who was so proud to be a common lawyer and proud especially to be a lawyer from Boston, the cradle of Liberty and somehow, it feels when I get involved in issues like this that he's still with me in spirit anyway. I can hear them cheering me on. I like that.
0: Now, what attracted you to a career in public service, and I, I guess specifically to uh, to being a prosecutor?
1: Well, public interest law has always been a lifelong interest of mine. I learned when I was younger uh, that the purpose of the law was to help people, to to promote fairness and justice, and try to make the world a little bit better. As a young lawyer, I, I looked for opportunities to to volunteer and. In, in the area of public interest law, I was able to serve as a director of a regional legal services organization here in Massachusetts. And when I left private practice and came to the Middlesex DA's office, I, I thought I was coming to learn how to try cases, but it turns out that what I learned was that uh, prosecutors are public interest lawyers too. And I've been a Middlesex assistant attorney uh, ever since. And Every day, I feel like I have a chance to make some difference in the lives of people. Uh, It's a great privilege to be associated with an office like this. Uh, I'm very proud proud of our tradition of excellence in the law. Uh, As a prosecutor, I get to be part of something greater than myself. And every day when I wake up, I honestly believe that if I simply try to do the next right thing, of justice will become just a little more real in the world.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Mass Bar Beat, and we invite you to listen to the other episodes in our Access to Justice Awards series to hear more inspiring stories from the 2017 honorees. On behalf of the Massachusetts Bar Association, I'm Jason Scali. Thank you for listening.